Good morning, everyone. I'd like to invite you to open up your Bibles to the book of Psalms. We'll be in Psalm 146 this morning. Our theme for this Advent has been the theme of longing. That is, a building desire for the coming of Christ. One of the things that we did a little differently this year, you may have noticed, the Flower Guild decided that they would decorate the sanctuary gradually this season. And so as you came through each of the different Sundays in Advent, you would see that there were more and more and more decorations and flowers put out. And now finally it's fully decorated as we come to the fourth Sunday in Advent. Take some time today as you're in the sanctuary to sit and reflect upon the beauty of what has been presented here, the greenery and the reds that point us to the everlasting life that has been given to us through the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now we turn our attention to Psalm 146 and our thoughts to what it means to long to trust, to long to trust. Hear now the word of the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will praise to my God while I have my being. Put not your trust in princes, in a son of man in whom there is no salvation. When his breath departs, he returns to the earth. On that very day, his plans perish. Blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God, who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the sojourners. He upholds the widow and the fatherless. But the way of the wicked He brings to ruin. The Lord will reign forever. Your God, O Zion, to all generations. Praise the Lord. This is God's holy word for us His people. Let us pray. O God, we come to You now and we confess that so often our trust is in the word of man. May our trust be in Your Word, O God, as we come to it this morning. And may the longing that we have, Lord, to trust in someone in this world, to trust in princes, in the Son of Man, may that trust be turned to You alone. We pray it in Christ's holy name. Amen. It is pain and not innocence, that makes us gullible. A 2006 study from the University of Lancaster suggests that those who have suffered great tragedy and extreme hardships in their lives have a much higher level of suggestibility. That is, they are more easily misled or conned than those who have been sheltered from such hardships. Now, this finding seems to fly in the very face of conventional wisdom that says that hardships and need toughen you up. That says that those who have not been burnt are more likely to be duped than those who have been around the block once or twice. Yet the reality is, need drives us to trust in that which is untrustworthy. 
If you are fearful of the future because of past abuse, you're more likely to trust an astrologer who claims that the position of Venus is a good omen for you. If you are struggling financially, you are more likely to be conned out of your money by a get-rich-quick pyramid scheme. Those who are in shape don't buy overpriced diet pills. Those who are in a healthy marriage relationship aren't getting catfished by someone pretending to be Taylor Swift on the internet. Despite conventional wisdom, hardship and pain don't make us more discerning. In reality, physical, emotional, and relational needs make us more susceptible to deceit. It is our need that drives us to trust those who are not worthy of our trust. Our pain makes us awful judges of character. Our passage for this morning is addressing the the problem of trusting in a world of need. And in particular, it is addressing our desire to trust in man when the Lord alone is worthy. Look at verses 3 and then 5. There we read this contrast. In verse 3 it says, Put not your trust in princes and the Son of Man in whom there is no salvation. But then verse 5 says, Blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God. Here is the contrast. Trust in princes and there will be no salvation. Trust in the Lord and there will be eternal blessing. You see, the choice is clear. However, our needs continue to drive us to make the same foolish decisions. We keep believing the false advertising because we need the deal. We continue to follow fad diets because we need the weight loss. We trust the lender because we need the cash, the politician because we need the stability. We trust the boy because we need the affection or the girl because we need the attention. The prince because we need the salvation he promises but never ends up being able to give us. You see, we all have a longing, a desire to trust. And that desire is ultimately a good thing. Trust, we will see, is the path to blessing. But the question is, what is the object of your trust? Who or what will you trust? When our need drives us to trust in the wrong thing, it leads to destruction. But what Psalm 146 will reveal to us is that when we trust in the Lord, then our longing will lead to life. Now the first thing I want us to see in our psalm is that we all have a longing to trust first in a person. It is built in the very core of our being to find a person upon whom we might rely, a mother or a father, a friend or a spouse. Yet we read in verse 3 again, put not your trust in princes in the Son of Man in whom there is no salvation. Now, it would be a rather sad life indeed if we took this verse the wrong way and without qualification. If we took the approach to life that says, you know what, yeah, you can't trust anyone. Don't trust anyone in this world. Yet there are many in this world who through hurt or abuse have come to a place where they are unwilling to trust. This distrust makes true and genuine relationships impossible. But the psalm is not telling us that we are not to trust anyone. 
Rather, it is teaching us that there is only one person whom we can trust with the ultimate needs of our life. You see, you need to trust your mom to care for you. It's healthy to trust your father to provide for you. You should trust your spouse to love you. If you want to have friends, you're going to have to be willing to trust that they will have your back. It is not wrong to trust in man for some things. But it is absolute folly to trust in man for one thing. For salvation. Psalm 146 isn't just a jaded reflection of an isolationist. It's a clear, objective statement of who we must trust with our ultimate needs in life. The word salvation in verse 3 means deliverance from need. And throughout the psalm, we see what he might have in mind by this word. The oppressed will receive justice. The hungry food, the prisoner freedom, the blind sight, the bowed down relief, the sojourner protection, the fatherless and widow's care. The psalmist says, do not trust in princes or in man to bring you salvation from the needs of this world, but trust in the Lord your God. For the Lord alone is the one who will bring deliverance from all of these needs. We read in verse 5 of our psalm, blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob whose hope is in the Lord, his God. You see, when you come to a place of desperation in your life, a place of need that is beyond your control, then you must trust in God alone. For the king is not saved by his great army, the word of God teaches us. A warrior is not delivered by his great strength. The war horse is a false hope for salvation, and by his great might it cannot be rescued. But the Lord has delivered us from every trouble. From Him comes our salvation. He alone is our rock and our salvation. We read in Matthew's Gospel that John the Baptist came to the point of desperation in his life. If you're familiar with the story, he had been arrested and he was sitting in prison and he needed salvation. And so he sent his disciples to ask Jesus if he was indeed the one for whom they had been longing. If he was in fact God's Messiah who would bring God's promised salvation spoken of here in Psalm 146. And we read Jesus' answer. Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight. And the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. You see, when you are in need, you will long to trust in someone to deliver you. A Savior who will free or heal. Yet your need will blind you and it will drive you to trust in the wrong people. You will long for a political figure who will deliver. A doctor who will cure. A financer who will pay your debt. When we are in need, we are gullible. We are susceptible to false saviors and false messiahs. But our trust for salvation must in these moments turn to the Lord Jesus Christ alone. For He is the only one who can accomplish the ultimate need that we have. For as we read in Acts chapter 4, there is salvation in no one else. For there is no name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. 
For the ultimate need that we all have is salvation from the guilt of our own sin. For by our sin we are imprisoned. We are sentenced to death. Therefore, we must trust in God alone to save us. We must look to Christ alone for our salvation. We have all have a longing to trust someone. A person that would deliver us. And the Word of God teaches us over and over and over again, that person is the Lord Jesus Christ, for He alone can meet our ultimate need of salvation. A few weeks ago, I had the privilege of performing the wedding ceremony of Ross and Sherry Meyer. And as I always do in weddings, I led them through the vows, the promises that husbands and wives make together. We're familiar with these promises. I take you to be my wedded wife or husband, to have and to hold from this day forward, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish as long as we both shall live. They're wonderful promises that form the very bond of marriage. But even within marriage vows, we realize that there is a limit to our promise. There is an expiration date to these vows that we make. As long as we both shall live. You see, we can't promise... Anything that will extend beyond our lives. And every human promise that is made has this implied termination point, even our death. And this is why Psalm 146 says that we cannot put our ultimate trust in man for our needs in this life and the life to come because death will end every man's promise. Look at verses 3 and 4 again. It says, Put not your trust in princes in the Son of Man in whom there is no salvation. Why? Because when His breath departs, He returns to the earth. On that very day, His plans perish. No matter how well-intentioned, no person has been able to overcome this one limitation. A general cannot lead beyond the grave and a husband cannot have and hold once he perishes. And so the psalmist says in verses 5 and 6, Blessed is he whose help is in the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God, who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them. Now get this, who keeps faith forever. His promises, the promises that God makes, He keeps those promises forever. In John chapter 11, the Lord Jesus makes a promise to His people. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in Me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in Me shall never die. Do you believe this? The world is filled with people making promises that all die with them. Yet there is one man who made a promise that will never pass away. For yes, all men die, but one man died and rose again. 
One went to the grave, but then rose from the grave to seal every promise, every word that He ever spoke to us. Yes, the plans and the promises of men die at their death, but the promises of the Lord Jesus Christ were sealed once He died and rose again. We all long for a promise. A guarantee that will assure us of a future benefit. A bond that will never expire. But it is the Lord alone who keeps faith forever. We have a need that makes us desperate to believe all sorts of outlandish promises. Sin and death has taken hold of us. We are all rushing toward the grave. But a promise has been given. If you turn from trusting in the powers of this world and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, you shall never die. Yes, there is salvation. You see, hope that is built upon that which passes away is doomed to failure. Despite what we might want to believe about ourselves or others, we are but secondary agents in the unfolding drama of redemption. And the outcomes of life and death, salvation and judgment are not ours to control, but the Creator God alone unfolds His eternal plan. Therefore, we must trust His Word. We must trust His promises because He is the only One who can keep faith forever. Heaven and earth may pass away, but His promises will never pass away. It is important to be able to trust a promise. To trust someone's word. But the promises of others will only help for a short period of time. And in the end, they will be overruled by the grave. I think of it this way by illustration. When you get certified to scuba dive, you are trained in a technique called buddy breathing. Now, buddy breathing has to happen when somebody runs out of oxygen while they're diving and he has to go to his buddy and the two of them breathe off of one tank so that the person who ran out of oxygen will not suffocate below the surface. But this is very important. The first thing that you must do once you start buddy breathing is to head to the surface. Right? You don't just keep swimming along. You don't just keep scuba diving and looking for more and more fish and coral as now two people are breathing off of one tank. Why? Because ultimately it is just a stopgap. But eventually both of you will need to have air. In life, we need to be able to trust the promises of others. Yes, to live in this world, we have to trust other people and trust their word. But ultimately, all of those promises run out and we have to go to the source of truth, to the source of life. We are all longing to trust in a promise. And Psalm 146 says, Blessed is he whose help is in the God of Jacob, who trusts ultimately the promises of God. You see, we all have a longing to trust. We want to trust a person. We long to trust a promise. And ultimately, we long to trust in a purpose. We desire to place our trust in a movement or a plan that is bigger than ourselves. We all want to be part of something that has meaning and transcendence. And yet, we are so gullible. 
This need drives us to believe in all sorts of strange purposes. This is how cult leaders attract followers. Marshall Applewhite, Jim Jones, David Koresh, they gave their followers the promise of purpose and meaning in this world. Such people prey on those who are in need of identity and call on them to trust in a higher purpose no matter the consequences. It is also this longing for purpose that political leaders will exploit to achieve power. Politicians will propel people towards division and hatred for a higher purpose. There is an end goal to what we are doing. A utopian existence that awaits those who trust in the ideals of the party. Just trust the purpose and your needs will be met in this world. And humanity is in such need for purpose that we continue to foolishly trust in the purposes of a prince, of a politician, of a cultist, of a theorist, of an author, of a philosopher. But our need has blinded us from our true created purpose. You see, Psalm 146 begins and ends with this true purpose. Everything that we have spoken about concerning trust is bracketed between verses 1 and verse 10. Look at verse 1 into 2. It says, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. And then verse 10, the psalm ends, The Lord will reign forever. Your God, O Zion, to all generations, praise the Lord. You see, The purpose for which we were created is this one eternal purpose to praise the Lord. And it is here alone that we will find the satisfaction that our hearts desire. Today, America is a nation that is searching for purpose, for a cause. And that presents us with both a challenge and a great opportunity. The challenge is... That those with a need for purpose are extremely susceptible to destructive purposes. We are gullible towards any number of movements that promise ultimate significance in this world. We say, well, we'll save the country. We're going to save the planet. We're going to save the culture. We're going to save the future. We're going to cure the disease. We're going to end the hate. And there may be good things wrapped up in these. But if there is no understanding of our ultimate purpose, then people will say we will follow this purpose and if there's collateral damage along the way, so be it. A people who need purpose are extremely dangerous when that purpose trumps the one purpose we were made for to glorify God. But there's also great opportunity. Because the glory of God is the true purpose that our hearts long for. It is why we exist. It is our chief end to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. And people are thirsty for this purpose. And you who know Christ have the drink they so desperately need. Because the purpose, the person, the promise that we all long to trust is the Lord Jesus Christ. And the forgiveness that He has won for His people on the cross. For it is here that we will find deliverance and salvation from the hurt and the need of this world. 
And yet you say to me, but you say trust in Jesus. But there's still injustice in this world. There's still hunger. There's still prisoners. There's still blindness, hatred, disease, and death. I've trusted in the Lord, but salvation doesn't seem to have come to me. My wife still died of the disease. My children still live in turmoil. My bank account is still overdrawn. I'm still addicted. I still don't feel saved. So in what way does God bring salvation? How do we who still feel the needs of this world continue to trust in God? Is it not the Christian who is gullible to believe such promises? Well, it is true that we Christians continue to wait for we believe a promise that has not yet come to pass. This is what the Word of God calls faith. It is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. It is by faith that we taste from afar the reality of what is to come. And so we trust in the Lord by faith, believing the promise that He has made for us in Christ. However, this faith is not blind belief. It's rooted in the unchangeable promises of God. It is accomplished in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And it is witness to us by the testimony of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. It is promised, it's been accomplished, and it has been confirmed. But if you believe that the promise of Christ, that you will never be sick, that your loved ones will never meet hardship or the grave, then you misunderstand the promise of salvation and you will feel that the Lord has let you down. You will then foolishly run to someone who promises you immediate solutions to your needs. Your need will drive you to princes, to doctors, to politicians, or to false religious leaders who promise you if you follow them, if you trust them, you can have your best life now. But the reality is we have eternal needs that will only be fulfilled by eternal solutions. Immediate needs will drive us to trust in men and women who promise immediate solutions, but eternal needs will only be met when we have faith to trust in the one eternal God. Some might say Christians are gullible because we choose to trust in God to bring us salvation. Might I propose that it is a bit more gullible to trust in anyone else? For all men die, and with them their promises and their purposes. But only one man died and rose again, and he will reign forever and ever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. So put not your trust in princes, in the Son of Man in whom there is no salvation, but trust in the Lord Jesus Christ alone and of His coming For He alone keeps faith forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray. Father God, we come to You now in this time and we confess that we are so gullible to believe the lies of this world. We are so desiring a break in this world that we will run after any false promise that might be offered unto us. O Lord God, turn our 
trust from the princes of this world and their deceitful promises. That we might trust in You alone, the eternal King who reigns forever and ever. Amen.